As most of the world waits with bated breath for America to decide which old white man in chief will dominate the airwaves for the next four years, I found myself having to take the time to pause and reflect on the events of not just the past week, but of the past three and a half, four years. I found myself on election day being unable to sleep. There was this kind of mad frenetic energy, like we were rooting for something important, that we were waiting, hoping for some sort of change. And we were, all of us were. Um, and still are, as I'm recording this episode, we still don't know, allegedly, who the next president is. And I say we still do not know, only because there's just been some things that have kind of, I've noticed that in the next few days, we'll see if those things were just flukes or if they really meant something. One of those things, for example, is uh, people have taken a picture, there was a picture of a moving van outside of the White House. I don't know why that would be happening, why they would be moving out if we still don't know who the winner is, but I just thought that that was kind of weird. Um, And that moving van arrived, I think, yesterday. That was when the picture was dated, but I just thought that that was kind of weird. And it may, you know, mean nothing. Trump might end up winning again, and um, that could have just been a fluke. Who knows? But if Biden wins, then that picture kind of comes back into question. Why would there be a moving van if the votes haven't all been counted yet? And at this point in time, what is it, Thursday? I'm recording this at 9.21 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. We, The rest of us don't know what's going on. Anyway, that's a little sidebar. Um, that's not really what the focus of this episode is. On election night, I stayed up, and I think a lot of people did too. Um, and I was tuned to both the television and my phone. And I was scrolling and re-scrolling and refreshing on social media, jumping from Twitter to Instagram. And then I basically landed on Twitter because Twitter was just more alive, right? Up to date. Um, you know, information and people messaging you in real time. And so that frenetic energy kept my, like my heart was literally pounding in my chest and it was racing. And I, there was a part of me that like felt that. And I was like, man, this is weird. Like, I don't like the way this is making me feel. And I, I think it was like (laughs) maybe one o'clock, one o'clock. I finally was like, you know, they kept repeating, like, we're not going to find out who won today, you know? And I finally, I was just like, I'm tired I'm going to lay, you know, I'm at least going to just lay in bed. And I wasn't physically exhausted. I think I was more like psychologically tired. Because even when I lay in bed, I was still on Twitter, still refreshing my feed, still commenting, still tweeting, you know, still responding. It was just something about just at least being in bed and, and, you know, calming down. But my heart was still pounding. And then all of yesterday, and I mean, I'm candid. I'm always going to be candid with you guys. I'm always going to tell the truth, even if I end up contradicting things that I quote. And I say contradicting with quotes. You can't see me air quoting because obviously this is a podcast. But even if I end up in hindsight 
contradicting things that I previously said. I am human enough to admit that I'm not perfect and I don't expect myself to be perfect. And if you hold me to some sort of standard of perfection, you know, under the guise of consistency, you're listening to the wrong podcast because I literally have said I will contradict my past self, you know, in the same podcast um, without without question, without hesitation, because you grow, you get new information and you grow. So um, I hope you guys, you know, understand and respect that, that I could say something in one, you know, episode and then turn around and, and contradict, contradict myself quotes, air quotes um, in the next one. And that's exactly what I'm about to do with this episode. Um, And so understand and know that Everything I'm about to say to you is based on experience and a lot, a lot, a lot of self-reflection. Not just self-reflection and introspection, but also looking at others in a non-judgmental, putting myself in other people's shoes, mindset, and perspective. So election night, like I said, I, I, I stopped watching the big screen, went, went to bed, but found that even in bed, I couldn't sleep. And I was still scrolling, scrolling until finally I had to force myself to put the phone down and just lay there. And I lay there like a fucking vampire, excuse my language. I, I'm really working on that. But I lay, I lay down like a vampire with my hand crossed across my chest and just try to close my eyes, try to meditate. I think I slept. I don't know how long I slept for, but I know I was back up you know, at around six, still scrolling, still scrolling. And then all day, like I said, I didn't, I didn't shower until (laughs) I didn't shower. This is real thought. I did not shower until like, I think one of my friends was like, they said they're not going to like announce the results until Friday. Like you need to go shower. And I was like, you know what? That's true. And then I went and showered. Why the fuck are these people? Why is this? How do we get to the point where like this level of like fanaticism has got us and and I'm st- I'm I'm call I'm calling myself out that I mean it is fanaticism and not even to say that I'm a fan of Biden I'm not <laughs> like I've repeatedly said I am not a Biden fan at all I just really really did not and do not want to see or deal with a person like Donald Trump for the next four years because of everything that he represented. So basically a lot of us, and, and I found that I'm not even a, alone with this sentiment, and that's another you know reason behind this episode. A lot of people were forced, which is why you're not seeing you know kind of a blow up because some people were like, you, you can't force us, you know, especially the youth, right? You, you kind of promise, you know, those progressive you know, ideology, the left, the left did, they, they promised this progressive ideology where they talk about, they really care about the future and about what the youths want and everything like that. And then you put up this old scene, this old, I'm trying to be respectful. You put up this old white guy who is moderate, you know what I mean? And, and, and you put that forward and I know why they put him forward because there is a deeply, (laughs) rooted issue of systemic kind of bigotry. I'm not even going to focus on racism. I'm going to call it what it is. It's systemic bigotry. It's systemic intolerance. Racism, um, sexism, um, all of that, you know, religious intolerance, it just falls under the umbrella of systemic bigotry, right? And ignorance 
and there are all, all these other things too. And that's the other thing too. Like I talk about having to really pause and reflect at the, at the beginning of this episode. And what I meant by that, it wasn't just introspection because I've been doing a lot of that, but also looking at other people. So I want to finish my, my election, you know, yesterday, I want to run through my day to, to you guys. I mean, briefly, like just a synopsis, obviously, but yeah, I finally went up and took a shower and I still, even after showering, even after cooking dinner, I was still on my phone, scrolling, 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 finally went to sleep, woke up this morning and first thing I did was grab my phone to see if anything you know new had happened and that was when I heard this kind of a still small voice that was like Joe what are you doing what are you doing you've gone you're unconscious right if you're just doing something without thinking it's just a reaction you know if you're if you're behaving in a way it's just a reaction you got to pause you got to pause you got to breathe you got to examine yourself you got to reflect you got to take a step back and that's when that hit me and i was like wow the first sort of thing that that made me kind of pause and start to go wait a minute was a video i saw yesterday it was of people in two different states they were Trump supporters in two different states and they had, it's cold guys, it's winter, it's November, right? They have, they had left the comfort of their home to go and crowd the ballot counting um, stations and they had, they were all, you know, they're holding signs and kind of pushing in, demanding to see the counts and, um, and they were all chanting two different things. One group was chanting, stop counting stop counting votes and then the other group was was chanting keep counting the votes right and the people who wanted them to keep counting the votes were in a location where like trump was losing so they wanted the votes to keep getting counted and then the people who wanted them to stop counting votes were in a location where trump was winning I, and i could have that confused <laughs> but either way somebody took clips from both uh, rallies or quote protests of Trump supporters each asking for the same like diametrically opposing things and I know that they somehow felt that they were doing the right thing I mean these in their in their heart these are not all horrible stupid people I find it hard to believe that these people are just like all of them are horrible people because I, I watched the news and I saw that, you know, they kept, they kept comparison, they kept comparing Biden to Hillary to Obama and Obama, when you watch, you see Obama won, won Florida. He won, you know, I think he won Iowa. He won places that even Biden couldn't win. And so in my mind, I told myself, well, this is still that America. Something happened between, you know, Obama's election, and I'm not, I'm not even like trying to deify Obama. I've seen some videos over the last couple of days that I just had been kind of feeling some type of way. I still like him as a person, and I and I stand by my, you know, my statement that nobody's perfect. But you know, I saw some of his flaws. Um, 
we're all imperfect. It is what it is. But I'm not trying to deify him at all. I'm saying is this is still that America. You know, unfortunately, the things were kind of out of out of line, right? Like it almost feels like we should have had Trump first if if humanity is you know moving towards a point where we're supposed to be evolving theoretically it almost feels like trump should have been first you know and then it should have been obama you know what i mean and then you know what i mean like it should have that's how but it almost like got flipped but all i could do is look and think like this is still the america that voted for obama and voted for him like he flipped red states you know what i mean and he was able to get people out of all you know walks of right of of life rather for the most part i mean there were still the bigots that who didn't vote for him just you know whatever but and there were some republicans who just didn't vote for him because they were republicans but if you look at how you know they keep saying well you know this is the first election where a president has gathered the most amount of votes and it's like yeah it's not about biden though it was about people just coming out and saying like oh i have to reject trump so that's not even they're trying to give credit to Biden that he doesn't deserve like it just I voted I didn't want to vote (laughs) and I voted for Biden even though I didn't like Biden and there's a part of me I guess that really resents that that really resents that I had to choose I, I you know my first vote in this country had to be for somebody that I wasn't even like passionate about you know it just I just didn't want to see the other guy win. And and I'm getting to a really good point with this. So you guys have to just keep following my train of thought here. Um, it's all organized in my head, but just, I hope you guys like what I'm saying is resonating with me, you know? And it was like, it was more to me about the policies that he is promising to put into place, you know, our environmental, you know, protections and, you know, free trade agreements and, and all these other things that I feel like will make it so that humanity continues to, you know, progress. But it's, you know, it was, it was a vote on hope and hope is hopium, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's something that you, you kind of get addicted to because you kind of feel like if I just do this thing, which is what I urge you guys to do. And for those of you who listen, you know, thank you. Like that action within itself is you saying like, I stand for something. And I'm not trying to say I regret voting. That's absolutely not the case here. I don't regret voting um, because, and you shouldn't regret voting. And anybody who went out and voted, even if you voted Republican, even if you voted for Trump, right, you did it because you felt like, you know, this is what we've been programmed to think, programmed being the operative word, that if you just go out, if there is a problem, you could choose these leaders and then these leaders will, you know, enact policies that, you know, will represent your interests, right? That's what you're choosing. We have been programmed from birth that this is how things work. So to go out and vote according to the system that has been laid into play and what you've been taught, there's nothing wrong with that. And that to me is respect, respectable and, and commendable. And you should be proud of that, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what we were told to do right? Just like everything else I've talked about in this podcast, if from childhood, you've been programmed that Christianity is right and Christians are good, right? You can't help but act on that programming. And that applies to the people that you see protesting against, you know, 
gay marriage against basically against people's civil civil rights you know abortions and things like that um a woman's right to choose you know i'm not pro choice personally for myself but who the fuck am i to decide what a woman's supposed to do with her body i don't know her right but i don't have an underlying religious programming telling me that god quote god in the sky is against you know women getting abortions or whatever but the people who are out there protesting in their minds they feel like they are quote doing god's work they feel like what they're doing is right the people who are out there protesting outside of the you know ballot counting stations they 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 think what they're doing somehow is going to help which tells me that we as a people feel I guess powerless in a way you know what i mean like this is what we're told to do we clearly want change people who are voting and have voted and did vote for for uh trump you know a lot of people have been saying this because they're racist and the, and yes there are obviously people in that who who are walking around holding nazi flags and confederate flags they're not helping their cause uh the causes of people who support trump right but the people who aren't white supremacists, who don't believe in white supremacists, but have somehow aligned themselves with these people at their core, aren't voting for him simply because, you know, they're just diehard fans of him. And like I said, this episode came from a lot of reflection, a lot of reflections. And, and even saying this stuff is hard truth because I know it contradicts the things that I've said in the past. But... It doesn't, it's not going to keep me from saying it. It's not going to keep me from saying it. Why did almost half of America go out and vote for Trump? It's, it's not him personally. It's what he represents. And even though, or what they think he represents, and what they think he represents is a middle finger to the political system. What they're doing is they are trying to reject in their own way, they're trying to reject career politicians, career politics. We just saw Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham get reelected. Nancy Pelosi is going to run again. She's probably going to get reelected. They see Trump as this guy who opposes all of this and is going to buck the system. You know what I mean? Like they, that's what, you know, and so they're willing to ignore all of that, all the other crazy shit that he's doing and all the other crazy people that he's like emboldening because to them, they believe that the media is spinning and the media is lying and the media is betraying things in a particular way that, that he isn't, even though it's like, yo, like, look at what this man is doing. Go on his Twitter. It's not even about the media. Like go straight on his Twitter and read his tweets, but they can't see that. Just like I couldn't see that I was being sucked into this like cesspool you know, there was a part of me that kept trying to say, like, Joe, like, pay attention, be conscious, wake up. But it's really easy to fall back into, like, being unconscious. And I t I've talked about this. I've talked about um, Uspensky. I've talked about Osho. I've talked about Gurdjieff. I've talked about, you know, Taoism and, and, and all of that, right? The, the importance of, of working towards staying conscious. What Gurdjieff taught was that man is not... I've even talked about free will outside of uh, outside of um, philosophy. I've talked about the fact that free will 
is an illusion. It's an illusion. You're not born with free will. You're programmed by your parents, by society, by norms. You have to work towards becoming free. You have to work towards becoming conscious. I've talked about all these things. And even with all this knowledge in my fucking head, I still got sucked in. So I don't expect people who don't read philosophy and read psychology and read about you know neurology and, and, and all of these things to, to not to be aware of what's happening when somebody who literally all I do every single day is is read you know I'm I'm constantly listening to podcasts while I'm painting that's my that's my life and still with ha- with having all of that in what happened actually was I I had gotten into a habit daily of listening to audiobooks you guys know think about how many books you've heard me go through you know from podcast to podcast and all of a sudden that habit that I had worked on really deeply ingraining over the last two years suddenly faded and my audiobooks were replaced with the news. You see? And to me, if I'm like somebody who, if I'm like, like myself, I'm getting sucked into to this, this whole thing and I'm all of a sudden like struggling to be conscious. I catch myself like arguing with, you know, family members with opposing views. There is... Thankfully, a still a little small conscious being behind me that's going, Joe, pay attention. Look at what you're, you know, look at this, you know. Now, imagine if I didn't have, imagine if I wasn't led by my, my higher consciousness to go down this path, how I would be. And so when I see people, you know, insulting each other, myself included, like, I, I really do try, I really have tried to not stoop as you know stoop so low especially on social media to insult people but one time I did attack somebody personally and it's literally one time so I'm actually proud of myself I'm not perfect but one time I did make a personal attack but she kind of brought it on herself so anyway I'm not being, I mean, she brought it on herself um but that's not you know that's neither here nor there um how how can we stigmatize these people when we look when we look now this shit is deep. Listen, it just it just came to me. This is very important. When you look at somebody who's on the other side of you, on the opposite side of you, right? And you're about to criticize them. Think about them as a reflection of yourself. Right? So what happens when you see when you look in a mirror, you see the opposite of you. That's still you. What happens when America looks in the mirror, right? When when the left liberals look in the mirror and they see the right conservatives they're still they're the opposites of us right but they're still americans if they can be fanaticized to attend rallies and you know chase buses and cough in people's faces and and attack one another and attack you know the opposite side or whatever if they can be controlled in that way so can people on the left does that make sense does that make sense i tweeted today well i tweeted a lot today (laughs) um because i kind of just woke up feeling like I picked up my phone, I looked at the election results and saw it was still on the side and I was like, why are they dragging this shit out? You know, and then it came to me like, 
exactly why. Exactly what you're doing is what they want. You pick up your phone and check, pick up your phone and check. They become emotionally invested. Emotionally invested in something that at the end of the day, it, it, it is what it is. You don't control. Focus on what you do control. What I wrote today on my Twitter, um, what I tweeted rather, was this. I said, you can gauge by my last few tweets that I woke up feeling some type of way today. Somehow, the media has gotten, a, gotten us to root for either a career politician or a crooked businessman. And I mean, like, career politician is not a compliment, right? Google career politician, what that means, right? And then I said, who gave us these choices? Modern bread and circuses has fused politics with entertainment. The focus here is who gave us these choices? So if you find yourself rooting for a career politician who has been in power for 47 years, 47 years, ask yourself, why is it that the day after they saw that Bernie Sanders was leading in the polls um, and was gaining popularity as a you know, progressive um, candidate, all of them, and that shit was weird to me. All of them, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, um, even Yang—they all just dropped out the very next day. Boom, boom, boom. Cory Booker, all of them just dropped out. Boom, 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 and then all endorsed Joe Biden. And I've joked on episodes and said, like, you know, this is like why are you giving this, like, you know, why are you giving us these choices? Is this the best that America can do, you know? But then it's like, no, this is like the best that white male America seemed to put up. But now I realize, like, we didn't choose this. (laughs) People went and voted. There are 300 plus million Americans. And the primaries we all made our choice, and the majority of them were not for Biden. There are people who backed Elizabeth Warren. There are people who backed Andrew Yang. There are people who backed Pete Buttigieg. There were people who backed Bernie Sanders. There were people who were very passionate about these people and what they, you know, universal basic income. Like, these are great ideas. You know, Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren's, you know, um, tax plan or whatever it is. Um, These were all great ideas. And for for a moment, there there was this illusion of progress. There was a a moment where there was an illusion of progress where we thought, look at all these great choices. And then everything kind of got pulled out from other us and then it was just Joe Biden. And we're sitting here like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? And we all we all participated in the process if you went and voted. Because, like I said earlier, you are doing your, du- your duty. People died for that right. So the people who are abusing our power isn't us it's the people who keep putting up these fucktards both of them i'm sorry i don't know that there's not that many diehard joe biden fans there's just not 
Okay, so you you basically what the left and and mind mind you, I I am very. I I will I will dress down any side, and I think that that honesty, that intellectual honesty, is what's missing in this country, what's lacking in this country, that unwillingness to attack our own side. And, and and the willingness to just blindly identify yourself with a side without criticism is the problem. Stop and criticize yourself. Stop and criticize who you identify yourself with. There's nothing wrong with that. And and what I, I don't mean like break yourself down, but like constructive criticism, right? The unwillingness to do that is is what contributes to our unconscious behavior. So you've got to you got to stop do that. Stop doing that and start really asking yourself, okay, what the fuck is happening here? Who really do you know was like an active diehard Joe Biden fan? I don't know, not one person. You know, people were joking. You know, people on the right were saying you don't see people cheering for um, Joe Biden. It's like, well, there's a whole pandemic going on. But the people who even are going and 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 cheering for Trump, it's like. You got to ask yourself, are those people showing out in droves to support him because they actually like him? Or are they showing out in droves to support him because they're tired of being cooped up? They're tired of, you know, having to, every time they turn on the news, you know, there's fear. There's real fear. And there are people who are genuinely afraid of coronavirus. And he's the one out there. He's the only one out there in the public Sphere encouraging them to to live life and go back to life and normal, so they're rooting for him. It's at, he's not. It's not necessarily all about him, and that's what people on the left who kept thinking, oh, it's just a moral issue, and Americans are going to just go and vote him out. You know, that's why there wasn't a blue wave. There wasn't a blue wave because the people, the far left, are kind of detached from the rest of America. If Biden wins, it's not because people want him or his politics. The majority of people want him or his politics. If Biden wins, it's because they just rejected what Trump stood for. If Trump could have behaved in a like a decent human being, he would have gotten and not encouraged. And to me, honestly, the fact that he he fell on his sword for a, for white supremacist groups when white supremacist groups are such a small minority of people that he could have taken that just being a decent fucking human being and actually spoke to everybody, not just his base. This guy probably would have, you know, won. Quote bigly, <laughs> you know. I spent this morning Googling the words controlled opposition. And the reason why I did that was because yesterday I turned on the TV and on the left I saw, like there was something called election news coverage or whatever. So it's, you go to this one channel and it gives you four boxes, right? So you have a choice. There's choices. There's four choices here, right? Now, on the left of the screen, you have CNN, MSNBC. 
On the right of the screen, you have MSN, uh, you have Newsmax and Fox News. And I remember looking at that and thinking, ah, here we go. This is it. If, if you needed a visualization of we are being programmed <laughs> and that left-wing or right-wing, at the end of the day, there is a bird that controls the wings. Wings do not flap on their own. That, to me, was a visual representation. That, to me, that channel was another thing that woke me up. Who's controlling this? Right? On the left, you have CNN, MSNBC. On the right, you have Newsmax and Fox, and, and, uh, Fox News. Where is the middle? Why are you forcing our hand? The other thing that I noticed, too, that they were saying was that the third, this election effectively eliminated third-party voters. That, to me, is fucked up. What that's telling you is all of this election has done, and it's not in, on the fault of the voters. I keep saying that. If you voted, I commend you. I commend you. You did your duty as a U.S. citizen, as an American citizen. People died for that right. People died for your right to vote. So you have done your duty as an American citizen to vote. So you are not the problem here. The motherfuckers who gave you these choices, those are the people you need to be mad at, not each other. The motherfuckers who, are, who say, choose one. Why? Why do I have to choose one? My friend from Iran, she called me on election day. She was like, I want to vote. Why are there, you know, why can't I just choose other than Trump and Biden? And I said, that's at this point in time, that's where we are right now. You don't have a, we don't have, this is not a real choice. This is an exercise as a pretense because if you vote third party, essentially other people will also have to vote third party. But because we're so fucking disunited right now to, Organize enough people en masse to reject either party and actually choose someone different, choose different people. We're not able to do so. And that to me is the purpose, it's the true purpose of the polarization that we're seeing in this country right now. We, 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 we're, one, we're forced to choose either one because what we learned from the last election is that if you choose third, third party, what we've been told is you're basically throwing your vote away which is true, but is that our fault? No. Who is stoking the flames of dissent and division on both sides? I love that, you know, Biden is saying, I want to unite the country, I want to unite the country, but even the devil tells tells the truth, you know? Like, Who does he want to, how does he, who does he want to unite the country for? Under what banner does he want to unite the country for? And what does unite the country even look like? And who divided this country in the first place? You can say it's Trump, but it wasn't Trump on Fox News last night I watched. It was Laura Ingram and this bitch was repeatedly, like she was saying this shit like a mantra that the Democrats are trying to steal your election. The Democrats are trying to steal the election. The Democrats, with no facts. You are a news organization. You call yourself a journalist. Can you provide 
proof of what you're saying? Or are you just repeating some shit like, like Adolf Hitler over and over and over again? Facts matter. So if you tell people, right, both sides told their supporters that, you know, the other side was, you know, the, the leader of the other party was going to win. All right. So if you're sitting here right now and you're, you're the person you voted for is not winning, you're going to feel some type of way. Why? Because you've identified yourself with that individual one and the party he stands for. So them losing is also a blow to your ego. The ego is trying to protect itself. Both sides. On both sides, myself included. I can pause and reflect on myself. So can you. Ego is trying to protect itself. You know, this election gives us the illusion of control because of the, the illusion of choice because at the end of the day, we didn't choose these people. Even back in 2016, I guarantee you there, there are Republicans, even now, actually, from 2016 and now, who feel like, who believe that Trump is not an accurate, accurate representation of what their party stands for. And there are Democrats who feel the exact same way. They don't believe that Joe Biden is an accurate representation of what they think that their party stands for. The truth will set you free. But first you got to tell it. I was Googling controlled opposition because after listening to Laura Ingram telling, quote, patriots, the people who are more likely to form militias, the people who are more likely to want to the people who want less government like yo these are facts i'm dropping guys like you need to really listen to this and share this with people because people have to hear it and i'm not just saying this because i'm the one who's saying this i'm saying like these are real facts think about it people on the right those are the ones who are more likely to come together and form militias those are the ones who are more likely to basically revolt against anybody who is trying to take away their you know, their, their, their rights to bear arms and defend themselves. And I agree with that. I personally own a gun because I feel like I should be able to defend myself. Okay. And that's okay. I should be able to defend myself and defend my, my, my family. All right. I'm not going to sit there. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and somebody's trying to do something to me in my own home, in my property. And then I got to call the cops and, and sit on, on hold and then wait for a motherfucker to drive over here. If you are crossing onto my property, you are breaking the law. I have the right to self-defense. I'm not waiting for somebody to come and defend me. And to me, anybody that's trying to take away your right to defend yourself, you got to really be careful about that. So to me, when you have Fox News talking to people who also believe in those rights predominantly. And these are people who are diehard about that. And they're just throwing out baseless fucking claims. And they're getting these people to unite to support a person who doesn't give a fuck about them at all. Like Trump, literally, he's not capable. He's actually disabled in a way because he is mentally incapable of caring for anybody other than himself. My problem will always be with Trump. And everything he stands for. Think deeper. So Fox News is controlled opposition because they talk to the people 
who are more likely to actually take a step back and go like, we don't want big government. We don't want big government. But think about the policies that, that, that the right have put into play. Think about the fact that they still keep, I'm sorry, all the money that was poured into defeating Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Who voted for these motherfuckers? Like, you got to ask yourself, like, these motherfuckers are cheating. How did they get reelected? How does Mitch, a person like Mitch McConnell keep getting elected? Look at this guy. He's like dying. His hands are purple. He's withering away. Your state has not benefited in any way, shape, or form. But he, he's just there for the power. Same with Lindsey Graham. What has this motherfucker done? These are career politicians. You want to bitch about Joe Biden being a career politician, but then reelect a person like Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell. That's a problem here. You guys pay attention. Wake up. Both sides need to wake up. But the people who are more actively more more likely to actively go out and actually do something about this shit that they see they got fox news in their ear defending the the very same big government that they are against theoretically come on guys think about it who's who's controlling the bird who's controlling the bird and even the same on the left right? Liberal, progressive. Why are we rooting? Why, why do they have us rooting for an old career politician? How did it come to this? Pause and reflect, guys. Pause and reflect. There's nothing wrong with, with changing your mind, right? Ralph Waldo Emerson, there's a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, a foolish inconsistency. I'm sorry, a foolish consistency. Not... Rewind. Okay, repeat. A foolish consistency is the hobgobbling of little minds. A foolish consistency. It's okay to change your mind. A great person does not have to think consistently from one day to the next. All right? If you said something yesterday and then you recognize today that it was foolish, change your mind. Learn from it. When I was a kid, I used to have a hard time differentiating between the color pink and red. And um, my brother would, and it was mostly because my brother's a dick. So he would show me the color red and tell me it was pink. And I'm like, all right, cool. But then he would show me the color pink and tell me it was red. And then he would swap it. And so for, for a long time, I, I couldn't really tell what you were supposed to call these colors. I knew obviously there were different colors, just it was the label that kind of stopped me. But then once I learned it, I didn't persist, right? I didn't persist with that mindset. I grew from it. So I've learned a lot. You guys, I, I always kind of say this and I'll keep saying it. You can literally pick any episode from... And previously, you'll hear that there has been growth, you know, and I change and I evolve. It's just, it's a diary. 
and that I'm just kind of sharing. That's what a podcast is. So instead of writing in my diary, I'm recording and putting it out there for you guys to listen to. You could see that some some days I devolve, some days I evolve, but I'm not. What I don't want to do is persist foolishly with a with a mindset. Right? It's a foolish consistency, and so. If I get new information, I adapt and I grow from it. Okay. That's okay. It's okay for you to pause. And even after you voted, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with voting. You did what you were supposed to do. You did your, you know, you did your duty. I did my duty. I was told that this is how you affect change. And I even said it on the podcast. Look, right now, all we can do right now, short of revolution, is vote. At the end of the day, you can't move from, okay, this is bullshit. I don't want this, right? To evolution, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, not evolution, to revolution, right? There are steps between complaining about a problem and then just saying, fuck, fuck the system, right? So right now, what they have told us, right? These are the rules. You've told us, okay, you don't have to revolt. Vote. Cool. We're doing that. We have done that, Okay. Now, they have to decide what they're going to do with that information. If Biden becomes president, if he doesn't change and if he doesn't live up to the promises, if he doesn't affect change in our lives and if he doesn't live up to the promises that he made, okay, we're not going to just keep fucking voting, right? Eventually, we're going to say, all right, fuck fuck this, right? And part of how we get to the fuck this, it doesn't have to be a violent, bloody revolution, it could just be us coming together, grassroots stuff, coming together, talking to each other off social media, off off avenues where, you know, big tech kind of profits off of our presence and our use. We're talking to each other, meeting each other in the middle and saying, all right, we tried this. It's not working. What do we do? If you want if if you believe in a political system still and you, st- you still think that there's power for change, then maybe we start, you know, on on the on on the bottom start electing you know running third party candidates and electing them maybe that's how we start building these things right if you want to go straight for it then we come together we come together left and right and say enough but we can't get to that we can't get to that point of us coming together and making a real change if we're fighting each other and and the bird who's controlling the bird the purpose of the bird is to keep us from coming together. Find a Trump supporter and talk to them. Criticize your party and ask them to criticize their party and find a middle ground. Not all of them, obviously. Find the ones that are not insane, just like there are insane people on the left. Find a middle ground and start talking to them. Start making actual change. We've got four years. If everybody listening to this took literally took into mind what I said and said, you know, let's watch this Biden guy and see what happens if he becomes president. Protesting, burning and looting and all this other shit doesn't do anything. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. It just makes you feel better. But feeling better doesn't change anything. A friend of mine, um, after I posted something on Twitter, it was an article that I, I'd read, I, I had come across um, 
when I was Googling controlled opposition, because I was prepared to, I was prepared to basically say that Fox News was controlled opposition. And then a voice in my head was like, bitch, what makes you think that CNN isn't either? And I was like, shit. So I Googled controlled opposition and I came across this article by Medium. That's a Medium article rather on Medium. Um, and if you Google controlled opposition, it should pop up. But here was an excerpt. This guy said in Orwell's novel, 1984, people focus on the super states, the thought police and big brother. But in fact, the single greatest character is a forgettable person named Goldstein. He's the leader of the brotherhood and he is based on Leon Trotsky. Within the narrative of the novel, Goldstein is supposed to be the hero whose revolutionary writing inspires those, quote, woke minds within the system to rise up and dismantle the corrupt system in which they are enslaved. Yet, as the novel progresses, Orwell soon reveals to us that the heroic Goldstein is nothing more than fiction, a character created by the dominant culture to bait dissenters into the open so that they can be identified and neutralized. Orwell uses Goldstein to paint a vivid picture of controlled opposition. So think about Fox News, right? Think about what Donald Trump represents. And he tells people I'm a maverick, right? He tells people I am not a politician. He's a fucking politician. He's just new to the game, but he's played politics and business all of his life. He is the reflection of Joe Biden. They're the same people. They're the same people. There was an episode where I put Biden, I called it, I think Biden is a blue Trump. And I took the episode down and uh, I almost wish I didn't. Um, and I don't know why I took it down. I think I just thought like, maybe now is just not the right time for that, you know? And maybe I'll put it back up, but you can still find it on my YouTube channel. Um, I, didn't, I didn't take it down from there. And then maybe later down the ra- road, um, I'll repost it. But basically what I was saying was like, they're the same. It's just one is just more polished, you know? And I I, I guess I just, yeah, I just didn't think that given the climate, everything is going on right now, you know, at the time, having that on my, on my podcast was productive. You know, I didn't want to discourage people from exercising their rights because I still believe exercising their rights to vote because I still believe that that is you know, there's value in voting. Otherwise, why would they have killed all those people? Why would they kept people from voting? Why would the Republicans be actively trying to suppress the votes? There is power there. The problem is how people are being manipulated, right? So there's power in the vote. But the power is only effective if people can come together and choose something else. And so what they do is they control both sides. They, they control your choices and then they control, they keep you from coming together. They control your choices and then they keep you from coming together. They control our choices and they also keep us from coming together. So at this point, then your vote is split literally 50-50. So both sides are controlled. Trump is controlled. He, to, to a lot of people on the right, he represents the maverick that bucks the system. He's not. He's just an asshole. He's just a narcissistic asshole. But Fox News, the right wing bird, you know, the right, the right wing of the bird is telling its listeners, this guy, 
you know, he's, you guys are patriots, you know, you guys are real Americans, you know, and this guy is your leader. He's the one who's going to affect real change. And whether people believe that shit or not, at the end of the day, they are, they're able to at least pick and choose different things that he has put into place, right, that they feel comfortable with. So they've told themselves, it's not about him. It's about his policies, right? Just like we've told ourselves on the left and in the middle, right, moderates, you know, independent people have said, you know, I can't choose, I can't choose a guy who supports, you know, um, anti-abortion rights and who's really promoting like this, like deeply religious fanaticism in, in politics, right? Like I can't choose that guy. He doesn't represent what I stand for. And that's what Trump is. But on the opposite end, like, so I have to choose Biden, right? Because, you know, of what he represents. And it's not about him. It's about policies. But now we're, you know, we're like, these aren't choices, you know? So either way you look at it, it's controlled. And the opposition isn't each other, right? It's the media is a tool for big corporations, for, you know, for the government, right? We are supposed to come together to oppose them. We, the people, are supposed to come together to oppose them. But we are controlled. And the leaders that have been put forth for us, that we, we have been forced to choose, and I, I use the word leader laughably. These aren't leaders, right? They are they are leaders of, that are meant to control the masses on either side. And that's what we need to be more mindful of. You know? After I share that article, which, which I just read the excerpt from, somebody commented like something to the effect of, this is really depressing knowing that all of this has kind of been a bit of a, a, an illusion, right? Like the idea of Trump just being like an obvious villain. I mean, he's an obvious villain that, that really does distract all of us from what is really happening to our environment, what is really happening to the world right? What the wealthy are doing, right? You know, we're on there, we're streaming, we're getting sucked in, we're not really doing anything. We're clicking on things like they're, they're making money, right? The rich, think about how many super wealthy people have become even richer. People are losing their jobs, right? Coronavirus is still unhandled, right? All these things are going on and people are still out there, like literally risking their health and their lives to go out there to cheer Trump on. Like you really got to pause and really think about this, think about this you know and she was like this is kind of depressing you know and I feel kind of somber and I said it's okay for you to feel that way it's okay to be to feel that this article is dark she said the article was a bit dark and I and I feel you know it was deep it was a deep article but I feel kind of dark and I said it's in the depth and the darkness that a planted seed can grow and and what I said to her was by reading her quote, she was like, you know, just to kind of come to the conclusion that all this is illusion, which is what I've been saying, we're in a simulation, but all, I, I didn't want to hit her with that. Like, yeah, it is all an illusion on multi-levels. You know, she was like, to come to the conclusion that all of this is illusion, all the world's stage, you know, to paraphr- or to rephrase her statement, I said the two two ideas, the two authors that popped into my head were Albert Camus and Viktor Frankl. And I, and I took screenshots of the quotes. And one was from uh, Albert Camus. And I'm going to read you his quotes. Um, 
quote one, the struggle itself towards the heights is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus happy. The struggle itself towards the heights is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus happy. So I'm going to read that quote again. The struggle itself towards the heights is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus happy. It's a bit deep, but the, the, the idea behind it is that even though we feel like we're caught up in this like rat race or a maze, right? Like a rat in a maze. That was a quote the lady used. She was like, I feel like a rat in a maze. We're just running around in circles, you know? You have this illusion of progress, but nothing really changes, I don't think. And if we take this mindset that of this article that, you know, it's all just illusion and it's all controlled opposition and we're all just sort of getting riled up behind it, then what's the point? And all I could give her was the quotes because other people have thought about it too. What's the point? But you got to think deeper. It's not just what's the point of the elections. Then you got to start thinking beyond that. What is the point of everything? Right? And the story about, he mentioned Sisyphus in this quote. The story about Sisyphus is, uh, he was, I believe he was a titan, I believe. And he was, uh, it was a Greek titan who was his punishment. He was cursed to basically push the same rock up the hill only to have it roll back down again. And that more or less has become like a metaphor for our lives, right? We're just doing the same thing over and over again, right? And what he says is you have to imagine Sisyphus, and Sisyphus being all of us, happy in that task. So as he's pushing that hill up, that rock up the hill, the hill is the the push in the hill is the heights in that quote. And that push is the struggle towards those heights. And he says, Albert Camus says, let that struggle be enough to fill a man's art. It's like art, right? I could paint and paint and paint and paint and do nothing with the art. It's art. Art is more or less meaningless. Like I'm not, <laughs> I mean, these are facts. It is what it is. I know I'm not contributing to really anything in the grand scheme of things, but then you almost kind of have to ask yourself, like, are any of us really, if you really think deeply, are any of us really contributing to anything deeply meaningful beyond our own lives, you know, beyond our own lifetime? Think about the hundreds of the thousands of millions of people who have lived on this earth that you don't know, you've never heard of. They've lived their lives, they died and moved on, you know? what is the meaning of it, right? But that's the core of it. What is the meaning of it all? What is the meaning of life? Well, you have to create that meaning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that as I go on with these quotes. You have to create that meaning. But more importantly for this quote specifically, he says, you must imagine Sisyphus, this titan that has been, quote, cursed to push this rock up the hill every day. You have to imagine that he's happy doing just that. And more importantly, I'm going to add to that by saying that if it's all about perspective, if Sisyphus chose to view what he was destined to do repeatedly over and over again as a chore, as a punishment, as a curse, then that's when he suffers. But if he chose to view what he had to do, right, what he has been predetermined 
cursed, fated to do for the rest of his life for infinity, if he chose to be happy in that, then that is what it's his mindset that changes his punishment from from torture to something that brings him joy. Right? So imagine Sisyphus pushing, groaning, oh my God, I'm cursed to push this up the hill. And then fuck, it rolls down. He's doing that for all, all eternity. That's him suffering. Now imagine he's pushing this up and he's thinking this is a great workout. you know, Or he's thinking, at least I have something to do with my day. Or as it rolls down every day, he's thinking, good, I know this is what I'm destined to do. And so I'm just going to get up and I'm going to do it. I am serving my purpose by doing this. It's all on his mindset, but that's what is at the core of it all is that we are the ones who give these menial tasks that we do meaning. We are the ones who determine what's meaningful. I get up every morning and I paint. It's the same action every day, you know, and each painting, obviously the outcome of it is different. And some people can look at that and say like, you literally have to do, you do the same thing over and over again. I eat the same things pretty much every day too. I could choose to say, oh my gosh, like I have to do this every day or I can take solace and find joy in it and say, this is my purpose. But for whether, for better or worse, I'm the one who gave myself that purpose. I'm the one who determined that that was my purpose. That was my meaning. I'm the one who give, who is giving these actions meaning. And so I imagine myself happy. I am happy with the monotony of life with the creative aspects of how what I've constructed my life to be with the day-to-day get up go to sleep turn around do it again you must imagine Sisyphus happy another quote in the depth of winter I finally learned that within me lay an invincible summer in the depth of winter, I finally learned that within me, there lay an invincible summer. In the darkness and the harshness of winter, in the darkness and harshness of the cold, you have to look around and go, okay, I see all this madness. I see all this chaos. I see all this happening. I'm, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I, I don't have control, but it's in me to give myself summer to create something beautiful to create meaning for myself i have the power i can't control what's out there i can't control that it's winter but within me i have the ability to create an invincible summer that's deep another quote autumn is a second spring when every leaf is a flower autumn is a second spring when every leaf is a flower that's another quote it's all about perspective Right? Autumn, when you think of autumn, you think everything dies. But you can also look at a leaf turning as it blooming, like a flower blooming. It's all about perspective. Another quote, life is the sum of all your choices. Life is the sum of all your choices. And a final quote, I rebel, therefore I exist. Now, what does what does rebelling look like? Ask yourself, what does rebelling look like? If you are being of all of us, look around. I, I literally paused to check my texts real quick and upload the first 
55 minutes of this uh, podcast so I can keep recording and wrap it up. And I checked my text real quick. And one of my friends was like, I, I haven't slept. I didn't sleep last night either. A lot of people are saying the same thing. So if we're all doing the same thing and thinking the same thing and behaving the same thing, then these are actions that are being programmed. These are actions. These are behaviors, right? My mom is saying the same thing. My, my husband said today, he's like, I feel down. I don't know why. And I said, well, because what the fuck's happening right now <laughs> to everybody? Like, there's no, everybody is feeling anxious. Both sides, Republicans, Democrats are anxious to see what the fuck is going on. What's, what's going to happen? Because we've been sucked in and they have done a beautiful job of dragging this shit out and keeping us all in suspense so that nobody really feels comfortable. How do you rebel against that? If you can rebel against that, then you can exist. Then you become real. Then you become conscious. That's the key to existence. That's the key to consciousness. It's not just being, all right? Don't just be, don't just, don't just live, like thrive. Don't just survive, thrive, rebel. And revolution, rebellion isn't, necessarily just going and marching with an organized signs and things of that nature that's what they want then they pan the camera on you and then they use that to rally up the other side you see that you see how they use us you see how they use us rebel talk to each other organize with each other create something turn the fucking screen off don't get sucked in again now i'm moving on to the victor frankel Quotes. Victor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor who um, was uh, interned in the uh, the Nazi death camps, and he watched like just the horrible things happening. And he wrote *Man's Search for Meaning*, and I would recommend that you read that. But here are some quotes from him: um, "When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves." You see that? But here's the thing, we're never really able to change a situation, especially when it's on such a grand scale as this, right? There, there are players here that, we're, that are basically trying to force us to play the game, but you can choose something different. Change yourself. Another quote, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. That cannot be taken away from you. You can choose your attitude. Another one, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And that space is our power to choose our response. That's, that's free will right there, right? It, and that space is small, right? You get stimulated and then you respond, right? Get stimulated, then response. Free will is that space in between where you choose how to respond. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. That's free will right there. I started this episode talking about that, about free will being an illusion. Right? It's not a given. Gurdjieff talked about this. It's not a given. You have to exercise it. And I've talked about this throughout this podcast. You have to exercise free will. In that space, our response, our chosen responses, not our automatic responses, our chosen responses, in that space, that choice lies our growth and our freedom.
Another one. I grasped the meaning of the greatest secret that human poetry and human thought and belief have to impart. The salvation of man is through love and in love. The salvation of man is through love and in love. Look at how much hate we have happening right now, one side against the other, right? Forcing us to think that there are even sides when these sides are just an artificial construct put together by the media, orchestrated by the media on both sides. How do we solve this? How do we fight this with love? Finally, what is to give light must endure burning. What is to give life must endure burning. This is what I said to a girl. I said, you know, a friend that said, you know, I, I read that article and I feel dark. Like it was a deep article and it made me feel, you know, it was a dark article. And I said, you know, a seed needs depth and darkness in order to grow. And that's basically what the same quote is saying. What is to give light must endure burning. Right? We need both. You know, I will never really go, I never, I will never question the process. I will never question the things that I said. I would never go back and regret the things that I've done because I know that everything that I've ever done, everything that I've ever experienced has led me down the path of where I come to these conclusions now. And I just keep thinking, man, like whoever it is is guiding my path, whoever it is that's teaching me is deeper than I even give them credit for because it's like I get guided down this path and I think this is what I'm supposed to learn, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, fuck, no, that's what you were supposed to learn. This is what you were supposed to see. But I wouldn't have been able to see all of that if I hadn't gone through all these other steps, right? You wouldn't have been able to come to, to this podcast and listen to, to what I'm saying and make it this far and then pause and reflect on your own actions and, and your past and go, Okay, this makes sense, and I see why I have to do that. But you had to have gone through all of that first, which is a type of burning, in order for you to finally shine. And and you got to trust the process. You got to trust your your guardian. You got to trust whatever it is that's driving us. You know, that's driving our consciousness. That's you know, if you want to call it your daemon, you know, Socrates' daemon. If you want to call it your guide, if you want to call it your consciousness, whatever you want to call it, you got to trust the process that there's this wiser greater thing and it's not just individual there's a collective consciousness driving all of us that no matter the outcome no matter the outcome of this ultimately humanity will thrive and that consciousness that collective consciousness that force it's above it's above all of it it's above the media, it's above the left wing, right wing, it's above big tech, it's above, it's above all of this shit, religion, it's something even greater that man, mankind cannot comprehend, but can understand, I guess. And I make the distinction because you comprehend, you comprehend with your brain, but you understand with your heart. Right? You comprehend with your brain, right? And and we just it's it's a force that with our little brains right now, it's like you don't <laughs> it's like you can't quite grasp it, but you know in your heart. You know in your heart that there's something else here beyond human understanding that's kind of driving everything. 
So I say to this, I'll leave you with this. Uh, I may stand corrected, but I think it's weird that today is the 5th of November. And another thing that kept coming to me was a quote by Guy Fox. Remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, gunpowder, treason, and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder, treason should ever be forgot. If they elect and announce a winner for the election today on November 5th, then you, then you should know that all of this, all of this has been staged. And and I know how I sound, and, and I've said this before, my regular listeners know, I love a good conspiracy theory that makes sense, right? And I'm not saying I believe it with my heart. I'm just saying there's a lot of evidence out there that points, points to like everything kind of being orchestrated, like a hidden hand, so to speak. Um, and I just kept thinking like, why are they dragging this up? Why are they making this wait? But now I'm like, maybe it's a date thing, you know, like... 9-11 and then everybody was like they announced Trump winning on 11-9 and now I'm thinking like you know the 5th of November it's like all the world really is a stage you know and whether or not on the macro level we're in a simulation or it's a micro level where hum- humanity is basically creating more and more dramas out of our everyday life you know you listen to these anchors talking about oh this is fun stay tuned and it's like you could tell they're reveling in the attention and everybody kind of being on edge and not knowing what's going on and they're dragging it out dragging it out dragging it out while they get you watching while they get you clicking while they get you you know your viewership and they they learn more about the algorithms and things of that nature like this is all big big commerce big profits right we're the product I leave you guys with this. I, I, I've I've said a lot, you know. Um, but think deeply. Pause and reflect. Criticize constructively, not just the other side, but ourselves. And and the quote that I said earlier, it bears repeating. You know, when you look in the mirror, the reflection of yourself is still you. So when you look on the right the reflection of the left is still us. And when you, if you're on the right and you look on the left, the reflection of ourselves is still us. Unite.